one, episode 10 of the Grave Consequences podcast. I am Caleb B, and that is where you can follow me on Twitter. As always, follow us on Twitter at GC underscore cast. Hit up our Gmail with questions, comments, complaints, criticism, everything except dick pics to graveconsequencespodcast at gmail.com. And uh, as always, follow the Social Suplex and subscribe to the Social Suplex Podcast Network wherever you download podcasts. So today we are reviewing Season 1, Episode 10 of Lucha Underground, as I previously alluded to. This episode was called Law of the Jungle. And uh, that that being said, tonight... Okay, so I usually don't take stock in the recaps before the episodes, but there was like an epic feel to it. Did you did you catch that? I noticed it went on for a really long time, and it was covering almost every single feud that has happened since the start. Which I guess is a good idea because they just had like the final write off to not even the final write off, but they had a conclusion to a lot of yeah. stories that were already going on. Mm-hmm. So if you're a new if you're a new person, I mean, it's I guess it's a good idea to do that every once in a while. But I I kind of was writing down that. I felt it was kind of overkill a little bit. Like we didn't need to know every single story that's going on because we didn't even touch every single story that's currently no. happening. I, I don't think we did. No, no, we did. No mention of sexy or Chavo, but or probably mentions of Chavo in reference to Blue Damon, but no mention of sexy star. And she wasn't on the show. But this felt more like a season premiere, even though it's just episode ten, and the season is far from over. This felt like a season premiere. Um, the first thing we see is Dario Cueto in his office talking to Phoenix. And the, the gist of this promo is, hey, Phoenix, I want you to embarrass Puma for me. Take the title for me. Embarrass Puma. Embarrass Conan. Do, do all this and do it for me. And the, the basic gist of what Phoenix has to say is like, hey, I don't fight for anyone. I, I just I fight to win. And that kind of tells you, it, it gave me vibes of, do you remember the John Cena and Eric Bischoff mini feud from the summer of 2005? I don't think I was watching WW, WWE at that time, so mm. I don't. Well, that's what it gave me vibes of, because, you know, Eric Bischoff said like, hey, you know, just, I know you had it rough on SmackDown, but, you know, you can come over here and we could have a pretty good relationship and. John Cena said, hey, I don't play politics. And from there, just one little remark. All of a sudden, his life was held for the next six months. Yeah, I, I don't know about John Cena's case. I mean, it's usually not uh, as coming from the corporate world. Yeah. You don't really need to say that. Just yeah. smile and nod and then don't play politics. But this is wrestling and and most wrestlers are stupid, even in kayfabe. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, in, this, in this case, Phoenix... You know, who cares why you do it? You have a title opportunity. Just smile and nod. You know, <laughs> maybe I've been in the corporate world for too much, but I mean, to me, it seems obvious. It's like, you don't have to like your boss, but if your boss is going to give you a raise, don't be like, well, I don't do it for the money. Take the damn money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. Oh, by the way, guess who was lurking in the background? Do you have a guess? I think it's the same uh, Asian woman we've been seeing uh, throughout the show. I'm glad she finally found somewhere other than the ring. Yes, I agree. I agree. And I have her written down as until they give her a name, I'm going to keep writing her down as unknown angry Asian lady. 
I think that fits because I don't remember her name. I, I remember other things that are named involving her. But I know not. exactly what her name is, but I'm not going to spoil it. Because, you know, if even one person, like I said before, if even one person is listening to this show and watching the show as a companion piece for the first time, I don't want to be the spoiler. Makes sense. We already have enough spoilers. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, that's why that's why Muzza isn't on the show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes, yet. Um, okay, so after that segment, we've got a what was to, to be a fatal four-way, which did they announce that at the beginning? Because it felt like they didn't, and then people just kept coming out. Um, it it I don't remember them announcing it, but I wasn't paying too much attention at that part. Um, I, it, once the, the first elimination happened, I was like, oh, okay, uh, it's, it's elimination. And then I recalled back to like what you were talking about with Cage's debut and, uh, yeah. you were right. This was a pretty epic debut and in my, it's him, it's Cage, Arhenis, Aerostar, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to spoil anything about anybody yet. And then, yeah. El- and Helico, um, aside from Arhenis, they all go somewhere and they all have, uh, relatively important storylines and i they ultimately uh cage wins the, the four-way and he eliminates all of them himself yeah, yeah. but they don't yeah. it's not a burial which is what i kind of i respect it a lot as they did it and it doesn't feel like any of them were buried they all got their high shots in like it was the type of match that lucha underground becomes known for with the with the high spots and then you have cage coming in and just being like Taz incarnate, like suplexing the shit out of everybody, power bombing yeah. people. Um, he's Taz, but he's like actually tall. He's Taz if he's tall. No, no judo, but he's doing slams anyway, based on just wrestling moves and you know wrestling. Uh, maybe amateur a little bit, but uh, this was an amazing match. Uh, I wrote, oh, yeah. I, I kept writing down the high spots, but then I kind of agreed. They agree with you that we probably shouldn't say all the hot spots. We should just explain what what you're going to be in store for. Yeah. Did you notice the deadlift suplex that Cage hit on Arhenis? Like, anytime someone does a deadlift suplex on someone, I'm always impressed, man. Was that the one where Arhenis dived off the rope and he caught him? I believe so, yes. Yeah, and he does a jackhammer. <laughs> yeah. There was a... Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, we're not going to go every spot, but did you see the spot where Aerostar... He does a no hands handspring technique, like Jay Lethal or not? Yeah, Jay Lethal does the uh, lethal injection. You know how he does that in Ring of Honor, where he does the handspring and then he comes back with a cutter. Yeah. Uh, fucking Aerostar did it with no hands. I don't even know how it's physically possible. <laughs> it, he didn't put his goddamn hands down, and he still did a, a handspring. He got caught with a back body drop by Arhenis. Yeah. Still, like, I, I have to go back and watch it because do do you know that spot? I don't know how he did it. I, I can't even fathom like how that's possible. It's probably. Um, did you, did you notice when uh there was a point where Angelico ducked some uh, offense from? Let me see here, Arhenis, and uh, he, he's you know he's waiting on him, he's waiting on him, he's kind of bent over, and Arhenis just kicks him right in the asshole. Yes, they called that. I did write that down. They called that uh. Oh, where did I got to put my notes? A toe in the brown eye. Oh my god! Yeah, that's what Striker called because <laughs> I had to, I had to write that down. I mean, there was some some amazing <laughs> uh, high spots. Even Aerostar does what most people would recognize as a coffin drop, but to the yeah. outside. 
Yeah. Did you also notice, just, just an aside, when Aerostar came out, his music, and a lot of this is stock music, I know, but Aerostar's music sounded like it was right out of the 1990s WWF. I did it. I did notice his music a little bit. It it did seem kind of kind of like a, along that nature. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the music's not always the great. I I remember not liking Pentagon's music the whole time. Really? <laughs> yeah, because it's just kind of like I mean, if you listen to the actual song on YouTube, it sounds better than what they piped in. Yeah. Because there's more there's drums in it, whereas when you hear it on the show, it, there's like no drums, so it's just kind of like that. Uh, I don't know. Was it a saxophone or something? <laughs> yeah. Someone. Uh uh clive from ricky and clive pointed out that pentagon's theme kind of sounds like butterfly by crazy town and i can't unhear it and it always cracks me up no that's a very good way to describe it because that is kind of that but it's like a longer tone for it but yeah now I'm, they should just someone should, someone should edit and put that in as his music <laughs> a, yeah aew should just uh just pay the rights and let let Pentagon come out to You're My Butterfly, Sugar, Baby. Such a great song. <laughs> Absolutely. They'd be like, what the hell? He's This is from the 2000s. Why is he coming out to this? Um, <laughs> oh, by the way, when Cage caught uh, Angelico with that uh, lariat, Stan Hansen rolled in his grave to hide the boner that he got. Yeah, those were some uh, meaty lariats he was hitting them with. They were just... <sighs> he didn't go through yeah. them. But that's just because their whole body absorbed all that meat. And, you know, just big meaty bodies slamming yeah. into each other. <laughs> big meaty men slapping meat. Uh, the big lariat gets the one, the two, the three on Angelico. And Cage is your winner. He cuts what I guess you could call a promo afterward. He says, they call me Cage. I'm not a man. I'm a machine. I wrote that down. That is word for word what he said. And word for word, what he will, he will keep saying throughout Lucha Underground, and, and it never gets old though, because he it's is a for the better. Because I've heard Cage cut promos before. <laughs> like, I like Brian Cage. Don't get me wrong, but like, he is not a good promo. Like, there's a reason Taz's Taz is his mouthpiece in AEW. Easy for me to say. Well, he doesn't need to talk. We don't. We don't need him. That's not why we signed him. <laughs> no. But did you before we move on? There also was one suicide dive by Angelico that yeah, it, it just looked insane. Oh my god! Oh my god! Are you talking about the one where he dives over the turnbuckle? Yes, over it the looked, over the turnbuckle clears the ring post and lands on people. It was insane, dude. It looked like he was in a in a truck with his seatbelt off, and he imme- they hit it. They're going like ninety on the highway, and then they hit something, <laughs> stop, and he flies he out the windshield. Out. That's what yeah. it looked like. Like he was yeah. shot out of the cannon. Angelico, like if if you're a fan of clean dives, like you're gonna love Angelico. My God, like you see dives, like I'm sick of dives, like because you see them yeah. all the time by everybody. But this was not a normal dive. This was insane. Yeah. You know what's worse is that the AEW has Angelico and he just uh, withers around on uh, oh whatever they call their ancillary show, um, Dark, Dark, I guess. Yeah. yeah, I don't know why they're not with their tag division. They're doing a good job with their tag division, but they still kind of are, you know, hi- with a hybrid theory, hybrid hybrid uh, theory too. 
Hybrid theory is uh, Lincoln Park. Uh, they are just the hybrid two. The hybrid two. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess in the end it didn't really matter. But there we go. <laughs> this guy right here. They need to start using them more, uh, or I'll go yeah. numb. So yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, something about um, closer, uh, whatever. Anyway, well, you'll break the, ha- you'll break the habit eventually. Yeah, there we go, boys. There we go. <laughs> Speaking of something not so fun, after this match, we go to a break. We come back, and one Chavo Guerrero is in the ring, sitting on a chair. That's cool. <laughs> he asks for Blue Damon to come out so he can apologize to him. Chavo says, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And, you know, if. Having 2020 vision, pun absolutely intended, you know, like, oh, he's going to keep saying it. You're going to be like, oh, he's actually apologizing. And then he's going to pull the wool, you know, or, you know, so, you know, like, ah, oh, no, just just kidding. He says, I'm sorry I didn't expose you for the fraud that you are. I'm sorry I didn't rip your mask off. And I'm sorry I didn't rip your mask off and give you a crimson mask in its place. At that point, Chavo pulls out some brass knucks from his pant pocket. Tries to get the jump on Blue Damon. Blue Damon does not let that happen. He's just, he's stomping Chavo too. And then he hits a chair shot to the head, but he pulls his punch at a really weird time and it looks awful. Yeah, this, I, I wasn't paying too much attention to this whole segment. I mean, I think this is one of those. Is it because uh, Chavo Guerrero was out there? Yes, it doesn't help. <laughs> but I think if like you're a big fan of luchadors, and like yep. uh, you know the lineage between the Guerreros and even Blue Damon. Like if you know anything about them outside of WWE and WCW, it probably mean it can. It's one of those things where it could probably mean a lot. Whereas you know Vampiro's uh, beef with Conan, you know it's interesting to me, but I don't care that much. But to some people, it probably means a lot more. So I I think this was their attempt to kind of give some back or to give it some. Uh, uh, what's the word? Some legitimacy based on yeah. previous luchador history, but it, it's still. I'm, you know, how I feel about this whole set, this whole uh, Chavo thing. I, I'm just don't care. You're not going to make yeah. me care. No, I understand. I understand. So again, that awful first chair shot, but then he nails the second one to the back of Chavo, and he doesn't pull his punch on that one, and that was better. But then, you know, Blue Damon decides, I'm getting out of here. I'm done with this. Matt Stryker says, Blue Damon gets his revenge. And then, and this cracked me up. Blue Damon, as he's walking out, turns around, throws up the double birds right at Chavo Guerrero. That's, uh, that's revenge. I mean, it's boring. Like, okay, I will say this, like, before, because they're like, he got his revenge. And I was like, that's it? Yeah. And then he threw up double birds. And like, one bird, I'm like, oh, that's cool. Double birds, I'm like, that's fucking hilarious. He's tired of his shit, I guess. Like, yeah, we all are, I guess. Just like, you know, I'm so I'm so pissed at you. One bird isn't enough. I got to give you another. Do you know, uh, did you watch Friends? Uh, um, I've seen bits and pieces of episodes in every season. I think it's Friends where like they had this made up like uh, it's supposed to replace the bird, but you. You hold your fist like you're an old timey boxer with you, your back of your your fist facing the person, and you just smash your uh, the bottom of your of your hands, the hammer fist part together twice as a, like a, a an fu, 
And he should have done that instead. That would have been better. Yeah. You should have given him the the big toe, as Jerry Seinfeld <laughs> would suggest. That takes effort. There you go. Oh, man. Next up, we have the rubber match, and there will definitely be a decisive winner for sure. We've got King Cuerno versus Drago. Here's what I have written down. Early on, as soon as Dra- as soon as King Cuerno gets the advantage outside, he pulls out a table. Cuerno then gets Drago back in Drago back in the ring. He's got him prone on the apron in like a fireman's carry position. Drago gets off, drop kicks Cuerno, then hits a dive to the outside. Cuerno grabs a chair, drops the chair shot. Cuerno then gingerly sits on the table. Like, okay, I know wrestling is predetermined, but there are some points where it's just like, you got to do a little bit more. Like, you can't just gingerly, like, position yourself on a table. Yeah, I wasn't paying too much attention to this match because... It's short. (laughs) It's short, and I I guess I just kind of... Because we all watch a lot of wrestling, and we've been watching for many years. I get, I got the impression that this wasn't like a real match. Not that I sensed a fuck finish by any means, but oh, I just... You mean by the fact that um, it was the third match in the series, but it was barely promoted, and it just happened in the middle of the show? Yes. There was a lot of signals. And just the way they were wrestling, there was not a lot of uh, urgency. And yeah, it, did, it didn't have the big fight feel that a blood feud ender would have. No, because like uh, Corno, he he is methodical, but he's not slow and like lethargic. And that's the kind of energy that I was getting. Like, yeah, they were doing spots, but then they pulled the table out and it got kind of weird how they were like I, it, I was I had looked away for a second. And I came back. And I was like, why aren't they near the, the table? Like what, what happened? Yeah. Uh, so it just kind of had a weird energy about it. It's not even a real match. Like if we were to give it stars, I wouldn't. I I would no. refuse to rate it. You can't rate it. Yeah, that's the thing. Oh, by the way, after Cuerno gingerly sits himself on the table, Drago runs all the way to a top uh, El Jefe's office. It's a crossbody through the table. Rick Knox counts to ten, and we get a double count out. So surely this feud has to continue after this. Was that the first countout that we've had in Lucha Underground? I believe it was the first countout we've had in Lucha Underground, yeah. Yeah, I I, uh, I think at this point, even though I've watched so much of it, I yeah. didn't realize they had countouts, because I don't remember any other time they've done a countout. No. Um, and, and the way we're talking about it, it sounds like we're deflated or anything, but like the temple was hot for this, bro. It was, and it wasn't a bad match. It's just, I guess... I watching it, I knew there this wasn't going to be their real final match. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, it, it would if you were there live, even a even a, a non match is entertaining. But being there live is amazing for any wrestling show. So yeah. uh, uh, it, they were hot for it, but you know, I just my spider sense was going off, and I knew I could like take a moment to look at my phone. <laughs> <laughs> I get you. So that that uh, leads us to our main event, which is the first defense of the Lucha Underground Championship. We've got Prince Puma defending his newly won Lucha Underground Championship against Phoenix. And they got 14 minutes. There was a lot of back and forth. Oh, by the way, I noticed that Phoenix's kick straight to the back has a name now. It's called the victim kick. That's pretty Ooh. cool. Not just a PK kick to the back. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was, there, there was a lot of, I, I took down in my notes, this was very much like a bunch of luchadors in mm-hmm. New Japan. Like, it was a very Japanese luchador type of fight. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to say strong style per se, but you, you could feel it. Like, uh, if you play Fire Pro, uh, you would, they would, these guys would be the Panther style of, of wrestlers, where they're high, high, uh, high spots, you know, very agile, but they can do submissions too and a lot of strikes with their kicks. And this was very much like a NXT main event, uh, maybe like a, a, a lower on the card or mid card NXT takeover style match yeah. because it was that good. Uh, NXT yeah. is one of the best match. They're, they have some of the best matches you're going to see um, still. And this yeah. was a very good match. Like if you can imagine Ricochet from NXT versus Phoenix now in AEW, it's pretty much about what you, what you would have had. Yeah, no, I I agree. Like, <laughs> couldn't imagine. Oh, by the way, speaking of NXT, uh, because these shows aired on the same day, NXT and Lucha Underground did at the time. You know what the main event was for the January 14, uh, 2015 show was? For NXT? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, I'll put it this way. It would be a really hard competition to go back and forth and say who was better. Because the main event was the rematch of Sami Zayn defending the NXT Championship against Adrian Neville. Oh wow! Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah, that's a lot of. Uh, that's a lot. There is there was an embarrassment of riches to watch on wrestling on Wednesdays in 2015. Yeah, and they and they weren't even trying to cancel each other like like uh, like AEW and well they're not trying to cancel each other but it wasn't such a big deal like people weren't no. arguing about ratings back then, but it. You could have put this match on NXT and it would have fit. Yeah. No problem. Absolutely. Um, Did you notice when um, Stryker accused Phoenix of stealing the 630 that Vampiro got pissed, dude? This is when they started talking about you don't steal, you borrow. Yeah. You and Vamp's like, oh, how about like Prince Puma stole that from, from Sasuke or the great or, um, Liger? Or et cetera, et cetera. He's like, I swear to God, you're pissing me off, Striker. I'm like, dude, let's chill. Stop bullying. Yeah, I don't know what Vampiro's issue is. Like, they, I feel yeah. like they kind of need to do what I we think don't his do. His issue is that he's fucking insane. It doesn't help, but they kind of yeah. need to like talk. Like, even Striker saying that was stupid. So I feel like they need to like, before they go on the air, at least go over what main talking points they want to go over because they don't sound like they're on the same actually this goes throughout all the seasons they do this a lot and it's it's kind of like when mommy and daddy fight at the dinner table it's (laughs) it's it's uncomfortable sometimes yeah exactly exactly i don't want to hear mom and dad fight no um phoenix like i said phoenix steals the 630 puma steals the pile or yeah steals the pile driver from phoenix the end eventually comes when phoenix tries to walk the ropes and close the distance. But he gets kicked in the side of the head for his trouble. Lands right in a prone position. Prince Puma nails the 630. And we got a 1, 2, and a 3. Prince Puma is still the Lucha Underground champion. It was pretty much the definition of high risk reward. Because he runs all the way across the ropes to the very end. Yeah, And uh, it was a little too much of a high risk. Because Puma hits him with that kick. And I just wrote down insane rope walk. Like, Phoenix is yeah. nuts. 
He's Phoenix is like an acrobat and an athlete and a gymnast and almost like a what's the what's the, somewhere between God and man. Yeah, people sleep on him too much. Uh, he even did a, yeah. a weird atomic drop to Puma where he did like a wheelbarrow suplex. Yeah, but Puma Puma landed on his ass like it was an atomic I... drop. I wrote that down as rotating thingy because I didn't have a name. <laughs> I, all I know is it started as a wheelbarrow suplex and it turned into an atomic drop at the end. And uh, he, and then he does a Puma does a Benadriller again from like Aztec Warfare. Uh, it looked devastating. It looked like he really kicked him in the head too. I mean, there was yeah. a lot of moves. We're not going to go over every hot spot. The only other spot I wrote down was uh, he had Phoenix in a crucifix submission on his back. And he didn't turn it into a crucifix bomb, but he did drop him on his face and then turn that into a crucifix pin. It, that could be a, fi- a finisher. I would steal yes. that. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. But as Prince Puma is celebrating, who should run in and, and ruin the party for him? But one cage who just debuted like 30 minutes ago. Uh, Lariat. Spear and uh, Cage hits two huge power bombs. Three, it was Three. a triple power bomb. Yeah, he killed yeah. him right on the seal, right on the seal. And uh, there is something else that Cage is going to do because when I said like he had one of the best debuts in wrestling, there's something else that I thought he did tonight that he didn't do. There's something that he's going to do a couple of weeks down the line that I'm like, oh my god, that's awesome. He does a lot of stuff, so that's not even specific enough. Like, well, he wasn't even my favorite I'm going to keep it vague yeah. enough so you can be as shocked as I was when I first saw it. I probably will be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> that's pretty much the show, isn't it, man? Yeah, it seems like a quick one, but I mean, it's just, it was a... It was, it was so a, fun. It was so it was, fun, dude. It was easy to digest. Like it, it, there was the only slow part was Chavo and, and Blue Demon, but that was that was a bathroom break. Yeah, like usually when we, you know, fire through these, it's because the show was not that entertaining. Mm. This is quite the opposite. The show was so entertaining. We just we want you to, by God, go back and watch this in full. Like minus the Chavo segment, watch this in full. It's great. And you can watch it for free on Tubi TV. T-U-B-I TV. I know that. Yeah. That's how I watch the show, man. Oh. Yeah, I it adds like, time. <laughs> nice, dude. It adds maybe four minutes of runtime because there's ads in there, but whatever. It's low, a little uh, low price to pay for free Lucha Underground. No doubt. So how how would you rate this show on a scale of one to ten? I'd give it an eight. I agree, actually. I was also going to give it an eight. It's not quite a nine because because of Chavo. Chavo brings it down. The recap was kind of unnecessary. It's almost I was just thinking it's almost like they filmed the show and they're like, oh, crap, we got five more minutes. We got to (laughs) fill. Yeah. I get you. Oh man! So yeah, can uh, consensus eight? This yep. was a great show, man. I'm ready to do it, to do it again. 
yeah i mean this was a great episode to come back on uh yeah this would probably be a good if you're not gonna bring someone back on aztec warfare this would be a, a good show to bring someone in on yeah because uh, it shows you the story recap in the beginning that helps but also just because it has just great wrestling and, and cage is a very refreshing addition and mm-hmm. uh you know we're gonna we have two monsters now we have mil mortes and we have cage and you know that they're gonna cause a lot of trouble for everybody and you know he may not be a monster in the classical definition but don't sleep on king cuerno either no don't yeah um folks we already mentioned where you can follow us but i do want to implore you if you love to hear my lovely tones you can also listen to me every Wednesday on Eddie and Caleb's HeroCast. We also do a Saturday. We also do a weekend show that is just banter. But on the HeroCast, on the traditional Wednesday night HeroCast, we are reviewing these hero movies in chronological order. Wednesday the 28th, we have The Crow dropping. Wednesday after that, which would be the 4th, we have The Shadow. And Wednesday the 11th, we have got Tank Girl. Wednesday the 18th, we've got Batman Forever. That is our lineup for the next four weeks from when I'm recording this. Um, Folks, we we thank you for listening. And as always, despite what anyone else, especially anyone else in the Social Suplex Podcast Network may say, always remember that we are the true ace of podcasts. Folks, we are not alone here on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. There are plenty of other great shows on here. None as great as ours, of course. But we have on this lineup a bivy of great shows, including 8-Bit Suplex, Suplex, hosted by Sandy Gaviria and Josh McLaughlin, even though he hates me for some reason. We also have All Things Elite, hosted by Austin S. and my boy, my fellow Oki, Floyd Johnson Jr., Again, that's all things elite. That covers AEW, and it does it in a damn good way. We got Get in the Ring, DJ Cooks, great host. Also, he hosts a show called The Great Match Generator, and I believe uh, once or twice you've been on that show, if I'm not mistaken. Right, Greg? I was on the first one. We've also got Grown Men Watch This Shit. Again, that's James Vanderbeek and Chris Bryant, two great guys in my opinion. Another show, uh, New Japan-centric, Keeping It Strong Style, hosted by... Jeremy Donovan and the young boy Josh Smith, a couple of great guys in my opinion. Lo- loads of great people on this network. If you if you notice the theme, also of course we got the OGs of Social Suplex. We got One Nation Radio hosted by Rich Latta and James Boyd every Sunday on the network. We've also got the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show. Last but not least, I love those guys. They're my homies from Scotland. Ricky, you are one handsome devil, and you guys put on a great podcast. And always remember to listen to the Grave Consequences podcast, or there will be Grave Consequences.